0: Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT wellness podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the LGBT wellness roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org to find links to all the stories I'm going to share. First for this week, Feds expand LGBT health care protections. WebMD reported that the Health and Human Services Department under the Biden administration is going to interpret the Affordable Care Act's ban on sex-based discrimination to include LGBT individuals. This is a reversal of policy from the previous administration. The change is based in part on the Supreme Court's landmark Bostock decision, which found that sex discrimination bans in employment uh, include LGBT individuals, That decision didn't automatically mean that, you know, the government's going to change other areas of of policy and regulations, but this is part of what the Biden administration is using to to justify its decision. And this will mean that uh, discrimination against LGBT folks in any of the healthcare settings that are covered by the Affordable Care Act are not going to be able to discriminate against uh, LGBT individuals. Next up. Lack of Data Now Impacting Vaccination The New York Times reported on lingering concerns that LGBT individuals are not being counted with respect to COVID-19 data. We've included uh, lots of stories about this and about developments in terms of reporting on cases of COVID-19 and outcomes of COVID-19. Now advocates are raising the same concerns that this data is not being collected in vaccination. Um, These uh, instruments that are measuring this data rarely include questions about sexual orientation or gender identity, meaning we have very little um, large-scale information on LGBT populations, lots of anecdotal evidence and some small studies, um, but not the kind of data that we would have if these questions were being routinely asked. So advocates are saying that now this is going to make it harder to track vaccination among LGBT individuals to make sure that they're getting vaccinated. They also say that it's a missed opportunity to signal inclusiveness. So, you know, when people go to fill out um, information, for example, registering to get vaccinated, it's really affirming to see a a gender identity in particular reflected there so that you can accurately identify yourself. And they're saying that now, you know, this is going to make LGBT people not feel included um, and, and that may hurt vaccination efforts even more. In our next story, HIV seems to worsen COVID-19 outcomes. Penn State News reported on a new study finding that people living with HIV were 24% more likely to be infected by COVID-19 and 78% more likely to die from COVID-19 compared to people who were not living with HIV. Research to date has been inconclusive on the relationship between COVID-19 and HIV, which of course disproportionately affects LGBT folks and people of color. The results suggest that people living with HIV should at least be a priority and a consideration in COVID-19 responses and suggest that additional uh, study and attention to this topic is warranted. Next up, flavored tobacco bans a step against disparities. The Sun Journal published an op-ed exploring why banning the sale of flavored tobacco products is an important step towards ending disparities facing groups such as people of color and LGBT folks. The author explains how marketing tactics and exploitation of the LGBT community by big tobacco helps explain the widespread disparities they are now facing in terms of tobacco use. The author also notes that smoking uh, impacts COVID-19 outcomes. So this is even more relevant. Uh, At current, you know, we see that there's all sorts of impacts that can come from tobacco use. And so these disparities are really important to address. And it's interesting because this author was discussing um, a potential state law in Maine that would ban uh, the sale of flavored tobacco products. The FDA also recently announced a move to, um, towards uh, banning menthol-flavored cigarettes, which they, uh, they have found to be particularly targeted towards um, people of color, especially Black individuals. Our next story finds clinical guidance for trans patients lacking. A study led by Sarah Dallin found that better and more expansive clinical guidance is needed regarding care for trans people worldwide. It found that most of the limited guidance that does exist focuses on HIV or on transition-related care, but a lot of other areas, including primary care and mental health care, are largely ignored in the literature to date. The study also found that more patient-facing materials were needed. In addition to the, the, the clinician-facing materials, um, that was kind of the, the focus of the study. And finally for this week, Long Beach Expand Services. In our ongoing semi-formal Center Spotlight series, uh, this week we have the Long Beach Business Journal interviewing the new director of the LGBTQ Center Long Beach, Carlos Torres, as his team reinstates some in-person programming as the COVID-19 situation improves. In-person therapy has resumed, as has outdoor wellness programming for seniors, which Torres says is sorely needed to address the isolation they have felt during the pandemic. They're also working to offer a new PrEP clinic to improve outreach and access to that very important HIV prevention treatment. If you want to find out what your local center is up to and how they are working to improve LGBT health, you can go to lgbtcenters.org slash lgbtcenters to find a center near you. That wraps up another week of our LGBT wellness roundup. Thanks for listening, and don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org to find the links uh, to all of the stories that I just discussed.